Thank you for being live. It's going to talk to us today. All things spiritual. Join our Patreon account. Hi, my name is Don Long. I started this podcast to share not only my story, but to share others' untold stories. You can also share the truth and journey of healing Instagram so I can show you that it is safe to do the same. We are transforming and healing together. This show is about the parts you are unstoppable. For you, for me, and the world. This is the Your Transformation Journey show, and this is our journey together. Let's begin. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Your Transformation Journey with our guest today, Corby Mitleid. And she is an awesome person because she is going to talk about how she became not only doing tarot, but channeling medium. She's a little bit of it all. And we need people like that in our lives. And I know some people are going like, what the world is that? Corby, welcome to this episode. And what really got you started in doing what you're doing? Because I always find that interesting. All of you who saw that, your host <laughs> and I were trying desperately to get the light better. So you're just going to deal with what we got. Um, it's delightful to be here. Thank you for asking. How I got to do this, uh, it's what I call the 30-second um, elevator speech. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And boom, I knew there was magic in the world. I wanted to go find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school. And yes, that tells you how old I was. Uh, that was the year that Live and Let Die came out. I was working part-time at Spencer Gifts. They had the James Bond 007 tarot deck and I bought it because we were all hippies. Five years later, everyone else had moved on to roller skates and disco balls. I was still reading the cards. They fascinated me and I loved the stories they told. So for 20 years, I read for friends making sure that I kept my ego and my story out of the mix. All of a sudden in 1994, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hi, you're working for us. So I did it part-time while I did lots of other career things, actress, author, inspirational speaker, video producer, legal assistant, writer for a graphic novel series, executive recruiter for engineering and manufacturing. But the psychic work was always on the side. 9-11, as my husband and I watched the towers burn, I turned to him and said, I need to do this work full time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe in you could do it. So for a year, I still worked 70 hours a week as an executive recruiter, doing the psychic work evenings and weekends, making sure I could make a living at it. In 2002, slammed the door on corporate work and I have never looked back. Now, basically 20 years later, I work six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read a thousand people a year and I get to get up every morning. I don't have to get up every morning. I love that, Corby. And I love that you brought up that it was the 9-11, I think, was your pivotal point mm -hmm. when you said, yes. I've got to do this. And yes, that's important. Yeah. And that is so important because People need to understand that our loved ones hear us. They see us. 
And how is it when you talk with clients, how do they react when they realize that their loved ones can see them and can hear them? Well, the first thing I have to remind them when somebody comes to me and they want to speak to those across the veil is we're not dial a dead. If Aunt Mabel is on a field trip or doing something important, she's not going to be by the phone. And it doesn't mean that I'm lousy. And it doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Just not by the phone. Um, I don't fish where I just pull down anybody at all. I ask for dog tags so I can get right into it. For instance, my father, Jerome Bridger Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80. Notice that tells me nothing that gets me into the energy. And I am pickier than my clients. I have to find specific things that they will recognize so that they know we really do have their person. So for instance, a woman wanted to speak to her father-in-law. I felt myself miming a pool cue. He taught her how to play pool. A woman wanted to speak to her grandfather. All of a sudden I feel myself saluting. And for those who are only listening, not watching, Americans salute with a palm down. Brits and Canadians salute with a palm out. She had just graduated from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Academy and her grandfather was acknowledging and honoring her work. Now those are not, it's a rose, they love you. And that's what I love about mediumship. Once that's established, I open the door directly and I let them speak through me. You know, it's not gonna sound like Aunt Mabel, but I will tell you exactly what they say to me, which is one of the reasons I do not do it in public. I don't do big galleries because I don't censor. And what is said to the person who is reaching out for their deceased loved one, it could be extremely private. Why should 5,000 people in the audience get to hear that? Yeah. Much too precious. Yeah, I agree with you on that because on a level, it's just like when I lost my mom and dad and every once in a while, dad will pop in because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll ask, you know, like, what do you think about it? And then I'll smell that cigarette smoke. And I'm like, okay, I know yeah. you're listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things. And it took me a while to get to that journey to understand that our loved ones can hear us and can see us. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is not dial them up is you know it's they are busy sometimes busier than they ever were over here (laughs) but they can choose to be with us um for instance my father was my best friend we even shared the same birthday um he was a great cardiologist family doctor if i'm doing medical intuitive work and it has anything to do with cardiac i can feel him come in right behind me to basically I tell people he was a great doctor and he still does consults because I have no medical background, but if he sees something, he will let me know. Yeah. And how awesome and cool is that, that your dad can pop in and say, you know, whatever that issue may be. And that is just amazing. And I love when we start talking about, let's dive a little bit into tarot. Sure. Because I find that still a little bit mystifying because I have my own deck and I play with them Mm -hmm. not as much as I should, but I do play with them on occasion. And I find it interesting that when I'm really thinking about something, 
it has a consistent pattern for me when I do tarot. Mm -hmm. well, the first thing that people need to know is tarot is nothing but ink on paper. It's not like a Ouija board that people are so scared of Ouija boards. Um, the key is what we learn to read through the cards. They are, if you will, doorways for us. And one of the things that I do as a um, certified tarot master is I can take a card and I can explain it to people so they're not scared. For instance, one of the cards that freaks people out, it's the tower card. They see a blasted tower and lightning and people falling to their death and they go, oh, it's gonna be terrible. I say, no, no, no. I want you to think of it as the imploding sports stadium. Hey, I'm near Boston, we'll use that. Red Sox wanna build a new stadium, they have to blow up the old one first and clear the ground. So when the tower card comes up, look at what you have to get rid of in your life to clear the ground for something better, something more whole, something more beneficial for you. People don't get scared. On the other hand, sometimes I'll get a meaning that has nothing to do with a typical card. There's a card called the Three of Pentacles that usually shows stained glass window in a church and a big stone wall and an artisan working on it. It usually means mastery or long-term. I saw that card in Canada and looked at the couple that came for a reading and what came out of my mouth was, there is a deconsecrated or abandoned church within a couple of miles and you need to open up a cafe bakery there. I didn't know where that came from, but out it came. And they looked at each other and they said, oh yeah, we know we've been arguing about that one. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, again, if my ego is so involved that I'm thinking, I can't say that because it doesn't make sense to me, they would have missed the message. Yeah. We are here in service, we professional readers. And as John Holland says, we are just the tube it comes from. Yeah, I, so, love, that. I love that analogy. Because that is one of the things of being human, because we do have our own mm -hmm. set of filters that go along with mm -hmm. things. And when you do that sort of work, you have to let those filters go. And I find that rather interesting because I picked up automatic writing just recently. Oh, now that's fascinating stuff. It is fascinating. And I was sort of like, to me, it was so easy. And I'm going like, wait a minute, this was not supposed to be easy because for a lot of people, it's not. A lot of people, mm -hmm. you normally don't get a lot of things for a good long while. And it was just instant. And I'm going like, is it supposed to be this easy? You see, here's how the universe gives us our talents it kind of looks in our file box and sees what we already have. For instance, I am a past life specialist. In Robert Schwartz's book series on pre-birth planning and life between lives, I was his go-to for finding past lives that had to do with a life challenge being discussed. Why? What's my background? Theater major at Brown University a writer and an author. I often say words are my drug of choice. And I have adored history since I was a child. You put all that together and those are the ingredients for someone who is good at past lives. For instance, 
there's me and there's someone else who's good at past lives but doesn't have my background. We both see the same thing. The other reader might say, well, I know you're female and it's a long skirt and it's a big hat in front of something very ornate, some kind of a, an arch or something. So I know it's old fashioned. I would see the same thing and go, female, hobble skirt, picture hat, that kind of ostrich feather, you're standing in front of the Brandenburg Gate, we're talking Berlin in 1911, which is gonna give you more information. On the other hand, automatic writing, I write like my father, the doctor. It looks like chickens on LSD, forget it. Nobody's ever gonna read that. So that's not a talent for me, but that's a talent for you. So just look upstairs and say thank you and go to town with it. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's just like, and the reason I got into it is because I follow, follow Michael Sandler on Inspire Nation. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know mm -hmm. who he is, but he actually wrote a book about automatic writing. I was like, mm -hmm. well, let's see. And it really is easy for me. And it really does bring us that sense of comfort and mm -hmm. you're able to get and access your higher self. And I think that's what a lot of people, when they come to you, is most likely, do you find that that's really what they're wanting and what they're accessing without them realizing it? Probably. Sometimes, for instance, when we'll go back to Tara, when someone asked me about their career, um, entrepreneur, because of my background as an executive recruiter, I have a 12 to 14 card spread that I can lay out for them, showing them everything that they need. Is that their higher self talking through me? Yes. But talking in a concrete manner that these people can take that information and run with it. I hate yes or no questions because you have no place to go. When you ask how, then I can put a rocket pack on your back. Yeah, definitely. And I find it interesting that you're able to have and still use your background that you have and give it to people in the things that make sense. And mm -hmm. that is one reason when, once I really started diving in to all of the other side and what really got me springboarded into doing this is reading Dr. Eben Alexander's proof of heaven. Mm -hmm. And absolutely book blew my mind but it also opened up a lot of doors and a lot of questions that now I'm able to realize we have so much more power as humans than we've ever realized and mm -hmm. to be able to give your clients that and to give them that information is amazing it takes a certain skill on how to explain things to them because sometimes they have information that they think will block them, but it really doesn't. Example, someone comes to me and says, but the Bible says we only live once. I look at them and smile and say, and the Bible's right too. Why? Because it is our soul that comes down life after life after life and has different incarnations. Corby, she gets one shot. This particular recipe will never be on earth again. So that's the one that the Bible is talking about. And at the same time, yes, the soul reincarnates. Sometimes both answers are a yes. Yeah, I love that. I know for me, I've got told I'm not ready to know about my past lives yet. And I find that intriguing um, because I done that through um, 
the QHHT method, which is the quantum healing mm -hmm. hypnosis method. Yes. And that's what my higher self said twice in both of those sessions. And then it said the same thing in automatic writing. So I'm going like, I find that rather interesting. I'm going like, when it does come in, it, it is time for me to find out, to really find out exactly why this is being held back. And I think there is a legitimate reason. It's just, I'm going like, it's intriguing. One of the things that I tell people and why I don't just go looking for past lives for you is let's say that you're a janitor in Des Moines and you find out that you were Admiral Horatio Nelson and you won lots of battles for the British Navy and the Queen gave you men. I mean, you're going to want to just stay in that past life and see how wonderful you were then. Yeah. But that doesn't let you learn lessons here. So I will go and I will help you work with life challenges. Two quick stories. A woman came to me at an expo and said, I, it's, I'm at my wit's end with my son. He's in his late 20s and he still won't move more than a mile away from me. He's afraid to be away from me. Is this a past life thing? And I was able to go upstairs and go, okay, we're talking Utah Beach on D-Day. You were his commanding officer. He had a pretty mangled leg, but you managed to drag him over the dunes got him to safety, you took some shrapnel too, but you both lived. And she looks at me and she's very pale and she says, can you see what my rank is? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. And she flops back in the chair and she says, my son has called me Sarge since age three and we had no idea where he got that. So that's one. Um, a woman was fascinated, obsessed by the Underground Railroad during the Civil War. And it's not like she lived on the East Coast or anywhere near it. But she said, is there, did I have a connection? And I get quiet for a minute and I say, okay, there's a small whitewashed room, low ceiling. The men who are standing up kind of have to bend over to be in the room with you, uh, but they want to be. And you're kneeling by a rickety little iron bed and it's got this very old, very weasened and wrinkled black woman in it who's dying and all of you are grieving because she came this close to getting to Boston, which was where she needed to get to on the uh, Underground Railroad. I see you kneeling by the bed. You have dark hair. Dress looks about 1862, 63. It's gray and it's got black soutache trim. And I open my eyes and tears are streaming down her face. She says, I have had that dream for 20 years and I never knew what it was. Oh, wow. That that, I'm just a tube, honey. I do not go, my aura don't stink. I'm just <laughs> the tool. I love that. And it's amazing that we get to live all of these multiple lives. And yet we don't, we don't remember them. And there is a reason why, and you're right. You know, if we did such amazing things and then we're in this lifetime and we're going, like, we're not being so amazing, but we are. So don't get that we're wrong, learning. people. We're learning. I mean, do you know how many women have come to me and said things like, I know I must be Anne Boleyn because I can't wear a turtleneck. No, honey, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but we've all been saints and sinners, murderer and victim, good person and bad person. So if we pull up a past life where you were pretty heinous, don't think that means I have a horrible soul. That's simply how you were learning. Yes because karma is not carrot and stick, bad and good. That's kindergarten. Karma is five things. Unbalanced energy, which is a neutral. 
healing, service, contrast. You want to learn about abundance, you need a rich life and a poor life, and healing of beliefs. Um, the story I love to tell is let's take Ryan White. People may remember Ryan White. He was that kid who got AIDS from a blood yes. transfusion in the late 80s, early 90s, died at 18. Uh, badly treated by the neighbors, all of that. And people would think, oh, bad karma. He must've been awful that he got that. Uh-uh. Remember, he became friends with Elton John, who at that point was drinking and drugging and, and basically killing himself. But Elton was so moved by Ryan and his family, he became very close. When Ryan died, he played at Ryan's funeral and got clean and sober, has stayed that way for over 30 years. And Ryan inspired him to start the Elton John AIDS Foundation, which has raised half a billion dollars for HIV and AIDS research and health worldwide since then. Ryan White, his karma was service. His soul said, tough life, short life, but look what I can do if I go there. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people, when you sit down and really think about what you're doing in your life and some mm -hmm. of the challenges that you go through. Cause I'm telling you, I've had a challenging life, this life. And mm -hmm. I'm going like, what in the world was I thinking when I picked this path? And then it it's, took me getting to this point to realize why. Mm -hmm. Look, this has not been a party. This has been three bouts of breast cancer, two divorces, the death of my parents, lots of job changes, not wealthy. But everything that I have pulled together from it is how I teach. So for me, it was worth it. Yeah. And that's and that's what I tell myself now. After that you get hot flashes. So sorry <laughs> about the pink cheeks. <laughs> that is okay. But that's that's one of those things that I've learned through my journey. And, mm -hmm. and especially now with my younger son being incarcerated, I was going like, mm -hmm. those are things that a lot of parents don't ever want to go through. And, but yeah. yet that journey has made me stronger in a whole lot of ways that I never would have thought in a million years, to be honest. And it will pay off for his soul as well. You've got to hold on to that thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because there's everything. Life is meant to be lived is what I've realized these past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. living doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be totally pain free, just like you were talking about. Living your life no. and living it to the fullest and living it with so much color. Yes, you are going to have the pain, but it's how you deal with it and how you grow from it because it's not as much as I laugh about it and say, you know, I really wish I would have picked a, you know, happy go lucky carefree life. I think myself probably would have been bored to death if I would have done that. <laughs> but that's called a life with gut courses instead of double major plus lab. I get that. <laughs> exactly. Gut courses. And it's just like but to live it and to come out on that other side. So when I do go back on the other side and go home, I can go, okay, now I understand. And now I get it. Exactly. Exactly. And your next life may be so altered for the 
positive side because of what you went through here. That's what people have to remember. Yeah. So I have a feeling I'll probably be back as much as I joke. I want to not be back. <laughs> I have a feeling I'll be back. <laughs> and, so, well, the thing is, this personality, it'll get hung up in the closet. Yeah. And a new recipe will come down. So you'll get your chance to rest. You will. I love I love how you said that. I love how, a new recipe. I'm going to have to tell Pam that. So Pam, if you're listening, we need to start using that term. Mm -hmm. So as we get ready to wrap up, I always ask my guests, what is one last nugget you can give our listeners? I would share with them a um, couple of things. Number one, um, no is a fabulous idea. Don't feel like you have to say yes to what you don't want. No guilt. No, but I'm not a nice person if I don't say yes. No to someone else says yes to you. And the other thing I'll share is my sentence of passion, which is cross the bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. Believe me, you can go from point A to point B when you thought you couldn't make it and you have a pair of wings and you don't need a flight plan fly that's what life is all about and don't worry about permission just do it i love that yes and especially if you are a younger young lady listening to this definitely take that to heart i think when we're in our 20s and our 30s we it's not that we care too much i think we care too much in the ways that we don't need to care and the things that we really need to maybe care a little bit more of, we really don't understand that until you start hitting your 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm -hmm. And when you really realize it and you go, oh, so that's what they're talking about. So I want you to put that in your, in your mind bank as you're listening and really think about that as the years march on and as years go on because you'll find – so much solace in that and so much comfort. You know, there's a lot of times in my twenties, I really, I'm going like, I cringe because I remember some of my behavior in my twenties and I'm going, mm -hmm. Oh, that is bad. But you learn from it. There you there go. There it is guys. No, there is you. a fabulous idea. There you go. I love it. So where can they find you Corby? Oh, well, they can't avoid me. <laughs> they really can't. <laughs> you go to my website, corbymitlie.com. You want to find me on Facebook, you go to Fire Through Spirit. And once a month, I have um, a free reading hour, Sundays at four. Um, since this is live, I guess it's going out now, this yeah. Sunday at four o'clock. So go find my Facebook page. You can find me on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Corby Mitlight. I love that. People, please reach out to her. I'm going to tell you, because I do have an intuitive coach that helps me along, find people like Corby, because I'm telling you, they are priceless in your life, whether you know it or not. They can give you insight that you already intuitively know. They're just pulling it out and putting it in front of you to where you can actually understand the things that you have been mm -hmm. feeling 
some of the dreams that you have been dreaming. So definitely yep. check out Corby's Facebook page, her website, because I'm telling you, don't don't waste your time wondering what if. And it doesn't mean our life is going to be easier because of it. It's just going to be that much more enriched. So thank you so much, Corby. I greatly appreciate this. I would love to have you back on because there's so many things that we could dive into. And it has just been a blast. Would love to be back. Awesome. So everyone, as I love to sign off, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you're unstoppable, you are loved, and you are the beacon of hope. Everyone have a good one, and we will see you back here on Monday. Oh, and before I drop off, if you have not joined my free course classes that have been going on on Tuesday, please drop me a comment down below. It is finding your strengths when your ground is shaking. I would love to have you because I'm telling you what, these women are having some huge breakthroughs, and I would love for you to be one of them. Have a good one. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. To support the podcast, join our Patreon account through Podbean at Your Transformation Journey. Or if you liked this episode, send us a review through iTunes and follow us on Podbean. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also at my website at www downloadcoach.com Remember you are unstoppable and you are loved.